Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. The Square Ball Podcast. It's Podcast 85. My name's Dan, and with me in the studio is Michael... Hello. ...and Moscow White. Hello there. Two weeks later, still no sign of Oddie. Mm. Mm. He's surfaced on Twitter, but we're not quite sure as to his location yet. As Paul Robinson pointed out, though, that Michael Winner's Twitter account did carry on tweeting after he died. You can never tell what's a scheduled tweet, who's... I mean, David Haig's tweeting from prison. That is a particular talent. Mind you, with all the phone cards he's got... Well, exactly. Has, has Oddie got the resources to tweet from prison? Mm. We did ring round the prisons, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not in any of those. Hospitals? He's probably, he's probably just gone feral, back to the wild. Was he ever in the wild? I don't think he's ever technically left the wild. Um, anyway, we, we'll look out for him, um, possibly in the bins, around the back of your house somewhere. If you, if you do spot him... Uh, Check your sheds. Yeah. Check your sheds. <laughs> And your cellar, if you've got a cellar, he likes cellars, doesn't he? He can get in. The thing is, he, can get, he gets through a small gap and he won't necessarily be able to find his way back out. Mm-hmm. Or you could have had your lawnmower out, he snuck in there, you've shut it behind him. Don't leave him in there all winter. <laughs> Podcast at the squareball.net if you do spot Oddie. Where's Oddie? Where's Oddie? We do have a special tribute planned to Oddie, which we'll uh, come on to in the next section. But before we get Not on. Not that to- we've given up hope. <laughs> Not that we're writing him off. Incidentally, it is seven years uh, somebody needs to be missing before you can officially apply for them to be legally dead. What if you've forgotten that they've gone missing in that time? It's still, seven years is a long time yeah. to keep somebody in mind, that's all I'm saying. It still counts, it still counts. Anyway, listen, issue three of the mag is coming out on Saturday, isn't it? That will be on sale at Ellen Road. A fine thing, I am told. Yes, it's good. In a lovely return to the olden days, speaking of of oddy as we were uh ken bates is back on the cover oh that's nice um that should is, help shift a few <laughs> well it should because it's a lovely drawing by joe gamble and he actually did it i think he drew it not that we're implying that we've just cobbled this stuff together out of irrelevant um things we have lying around but he drew it ages ago um just before bates left so we never had the chance to actually use it so me and uh Eamon dalton were probably the two people who were actually celebrating when bates got the uh the commentary writes, like, yes, now we can use that picture. So that's on the cover. And then inside there are, I can't actually remember what's inside because we got loads of articles for both this and issue four that's due in about two weeks at the same time. And I can't remember which article we've put in which magazine. Um, that's comprehensive. I like Buy them both. Is so, the yeah, that's it. It will just way. be, if you're 
you buy issue three and you feel a little bit disappointed by what you read in it, which you I will, can, I can guarantee that there's some at least some uh, all the good stuffs probably just being kept for issue four. Excellent. Uh, that'll be on sale at Ellen Road against Wolves on Saturday. Please pick yourself up a copy if you fancy it, and you can get it at the squareball.net. And that is the same place if you fancy buying a subscription, digital subscriptions, tenner. Just a tenner. And that way you won't miss out on issue four, which is going to be much better. Why watching? Well, we should probably start this section with a, a pause for a dear departed friend. Not Oddie. No, not Oddie. Luciano, it, it, after the build-up last time, there was no Becchio at Rotherham. He was there. I'm assured he was there. And he was tweeting. Uh, I think he tweeted that he heard the songs for him and that they moved him to hot Argentinian tears. Were um, you pleased or upset by this? I'd like to have seen him play because I knew that like Beckford he wouldn't have scored against us and we might then have won the game. So really there were like three big markers there that we were let down on. One, we didn't get to see him. Two, our best chance of beating Rotherham was sitting in the stands with a, a self-inflicted broken ankle. It was as well. I did tweet, likened it to the bit in Escape to Victory where they break the keeper's hand just so Sylvester Stallone can go in goal. Same sort of motivations. He couldn't face playing Leeds United. If it wasn't self-inflicted, I think I'm blaming Steve Evans for this because he was talking last time about how Becchio had turned up. He wasn't Mr Blobby that he called him, was he? It was Mr Biggie because apparently Mr Blobby, you probably have to pay Noel Edmonds to say it. Come and get your money, Noel. So he was saying he'd, he'd put Becchio on a diet and all this stuff. So I think he's basically... Starved him to death, I think. <laughs> or are you well, suggesting Luciano got ahead of him in a, in a buffet queue and was, was trampled? Or he's possibly eaten him. Because when you saw the pictures on Friday night, it did really look like he was suffering from the meat sweats. So if he'd consumed a whole, you know, ten stone or whatever of human... Do you think he'd split him with Mel Sterland that had, a, that had half each? Nine on the leg but, each. He's oh, kept in shape, hasn't he, old Mel? Oh, it's good to see it's, him. Uh, it's, it's A-shape. <laughs> yeah. Like odd, a Zeppelin airship. It seemed odd when they brought Sterland and Verardi on the pitch. Cause I think it, was like a Leeds, had, it was like a Leeds thing. Yeah. I'm sure Verardi had some like tenuous connection to Rotherham. I think he played on loan there for a bit in the early 90s. But they were just like, Mel, you were... Uh, Obviously, no stranger to South Yorkshire being a former Sheffield Wednesday player with all these Rotherham fans going, okay, boo, get But up. then you won the title for Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't really hear what they were saying because the, the um, tannoy wasn't very good. The tannoy was horrendous. For a new stadium, you'd think you'd be able, you want to hear what the announcements actually are. I pub- said, yeah, your public address system wants to work, doesn't I it? I said it sounded like a wartime radio. It's kind of a, <laughs> it was that kind of a, a vibe to it. If only Oddie could have been there, he might have played play a little bit of Vera Lynn. <laughs> he'd, he'd have been in his element. Anyway, listen, let's get to the match itself. That Adrian thing was funny, wasn't it? Doing the old hokey-cokey, in, out, in, out. I was happy to see him picked, and then I was furious to see that Milajanic, yet again, just posting up whatever team he reckons for a laugh. Because Stephen Warnock played in this one, so he obviously had to do something else just to fuck everybody around. It's like, <laughs> I know what I'll do. I'll tell them Adrian's but I'll even hang the shirt up. I'll even tell him he's playing. Apparently he was uh, apparently Adrian was all giddy running around the place like, Yeah, I'm I'm playing and uh and then he actually no, Lewis he's, Bra- he's Brazilian, I don't think he would have sounded like that. <laughs> what would he have sounded like? Oh, I don't know. I'm playing. <laughs> would that be it? Oh. Was that was that too Spanish I think that's based on that sounds like a Thai <laughs> a Thai lady boy. <laughs> Play Ling. Um the uh um, 
you're thinking about prostitutes now, aren't you? Yeah. No, I'm thinking about <laughs> Lewis Cook. Uh, no, I'm thinking about Darko Milinic, because if he really wasn't just lying, then the problem we have with our head coach, at least Hockaday knew his own mind, or at least him and Julian Lewis just about managed to get a mind between them. Milinic doesn't know what he's doing. He had a two-week international break, and then he, he basically explained this decision as saying, well, Lewis Cook had trained really well, but I really wanted to play Adrian. I couldn't decide between them. And then, he didn't want to let either down, I think. He yeah. probably told them both they were playing, and then gone, spent the whole time to the ground scratching his teeth. Kind of, oh, shit, Let's get out like of a, this. A child who's told a can lie. I get, can I get away with playing 12? <laughs> but this is it. He just tells everybody... I'll have a word with the ref. I'll have a word with the ref. He might let me do it. He just tells everybody what they want to hear. He probably told the ref, yeah, we're, we're not having a goalkeeper. God, now what am I going to tell Silvestri? And this is the problem. A lie begets a lie. And then you end up just in a, a web of lies, unable to get out. And you just make yourself look like an indecisive buffoon. And what would have been the problem with playing them both? Play them both. Cook and... I mean, Cook, with this... The diamond just gets weirder and weirder. Where We're trying to get a, a consistent pattern of play in the midfield. How about... For two consecutive games, we play the same four midfielders in the same positions instead of it's like, tell you what, Cook, have you ever played behind the two, front two strikers? Well, no, I think isn't Adrian quite. Get in the team, go on, give it a go. And go I on, did, lad. And I've been playing really well at the base of the deck. No, no. Adri- you turn on the left, then the right, then Ad- behind. Adrian, what I want from you is when they've got the ball, I want you to just drop back in between Pierce and Belushi. Baswad, <laughs> <laughs> hey, no. Ele- Eleonora. Oh, God. <laughs> it's quite Russian, his Portuguese. Is it? It's sound think of Mourinho, it's a bit... <laughs> yeah, that's a bit racist, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, come on to that in a bit. But we played some nice stuff in the first half. Oh, we bored rigid. But we did, it was, it was controlled. It was all right. We didn't I mean, look under threat. I mean, we, mm, no? No. We looked kind of comfortable, I suppose. Cal- calm and patient and comfortable are the positive ways of putting it. Pedestrian, o- unimaginative, <laughs> pedestrian, clueless, and boring are the other. Well, it was angles. going quite well. The, the, the Antonucci goal, it was a nice offside, nice straightforward. He looked offside to me. He played it perfectly because finally they're, they're tuning into him, and he's they know when. Well, he finally he was actually within thirty yards of their goal. It was a through ball on the edge of the penalty area instead of a through ball on the edge of the centre circle. So he was actually playing the offside game in a decent position for once. Finished tidily. But um, I'm still sure there's probably like one video angle that we've not seen yet that'll be found in an archive. A shoelace. Years, years from now that'll prove. Anyway, total and utter, the classic game of two halves, because second half, they absolutely mullered us, didn't they? Up the tempo, style, all that. They took Ryan Hall off. Yeah, that'd be it. That was the uh, the key change. It was good to see him again. He was Terrible, isn't he? <laughs> it's pretty rubbish. And it's great because he was obviously so fired up and you could see... Especially because he was playing towards the Leeds fans in the in the half that they allowed him to have a go. Every time he messed up and the ball just dribbled out of play for a throw-in and everybody stood up and went, ah, wanker. You could see him just going like, this was going to be my big night. <laughs> this was going to be the night where I finally showed them all. I had so much tweet Twitter bants in my drafts <laughs> that I'm just going to have to delete now because I won't be able to use it. Um my question was going to be, by the way, are we a bit of a one-trick pony? Are we in danger of being this nice little tippy-tappy passing side with our diamond? It looks very nice when it's working, but then we get figured out. Yes. We're forcibly a one-trick pony because we play a diamond and nothing else and never never must that shape change. You can change the people in each part of it, but the shape must remain. But if we are a one-trick pony, though, we do have a magic pony up our sleeve. 
Is it a unicorn? Is that not a magic pony? Uh, I don't think the magic ponies are unicorns. I think they are ponies. What if you stuck a parsnip on its head? It's a pony with a parsnip on its head. It's a unicorn. No, unicorns are different to ponies. I'm talking about Adrian Oliveira Tavares. Are you saying he wouldn't anyway. look majestic with a parsnip on his head? No, I'm saying that he's magic and he says that we should all be friends and love each other. This wasn't really how I thought this this no. discussion of Tavares Apolo- was going to... Oh, yeah, apologies for sidetracking you there. He was bloody brilliant. He was, yeah. Made Cause... you think, all I've heard anyone was saying is, why? Why is he not... <laughs> Steve Morrison, he's been coming on, but... But there's this guy. And all this talk about, oh, he might not be ready for the championship, he's not very strong. He, he took the piss. bundling people <laughs> over, arguing with the linesman, and he doesn't need to fight anybody because he's just he's got his dancing hooves and just takes the, the ball around everybody <laughs> dancing, twice. <laughs> dancing hooves. It's like, it was like watching high-speed dressage <laughs> it was like when with you a ball. Up, you, sometimes you turn up at five a side or something, and it's a general low standard, and a team's got one player who's clearly loads better than everyone else. Yeah. And it was like that. It was like, oh, right, who's this kid? All of a sudden, just rocked up. Break his legs. The first time he did it, you could tell the players from both sides were just standing watching him like, a, hang on a minute, what's he doing? <laughs> uh, don't, don't, nobody move. Just let him do it. And then the second time, you could see the Leeds players all kind of looking at each other like, right, give him the ball. Give him the ball next time. He's good. We've got a good player. Just give it to him. They looked like they'd never even seen him train. It's a shame Massimo wasn't there to watch him, wasn't it? I mean, I know it was on the telly, but 17th, wasn't it? 17th of the month. Can't go to a match on the 17th. And we lost, sure enough. Well, what he did at Cagliari, when they finally, after years and years, played on the 17th, was he had everybody turn up for that game wearing purple to counteract the 17th. Does, does he not trust in the Leeds fans that love him, as we all do, to turn up when he asks... Us to wear purple to counteract the number 17. Does he not think that we all would have gladly worn purple to secure a win at Rotherham? Would you have worn purple? I would have laughed in his silly bastard face. It's like, it's Rotherham. We should just beat them anyway. We don't need purple to beat Rotherham. One of my. Steve I, Evans made his face the right colour. I don't want to. I also don't want to uh, let this game pass without mention of one chap in the away end who, after every goal that. Um, well, no, there were two chaps in the away end who particularly caught my eye. One who was in the front row who, when they equalised, stood up and started waving at all the Leeds fans and then he held up his index fingers on both hands and started waving them at the away end, mouthing, one, 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 as if that's like a, the best achievement. Like that's a thing. Yeah. You go, yeah, one, one. Because you see... Nil, nil, <laughs> nil, nil from the kickoff. Effectively. And then there was another guy who, when they went 2-1 up, was in the sort of upper tier, leaning over the railing at the corner. Fell to his death? No, sort of the opposite. The after the things have Floated died down, to the ascended to heaven. The, <laughs> the, the police came and basically decided they were going to arrest him, but he decided he was going to grip onto a metal railing. <laughs> oh, I saw this, and yeah. it took six or seven police officers to drag him, sort of sliding down the rail with his hands still holding onto it. One of them trying to pry his to the fingers left, To the left-hand side of the pitch as you were looking at exactly. it from the away. You know, we prying his fingers yeah, off. And two things astounded me about this. One, his uh, stubborn determination, because it took a good five minutes to sort of get him detached from this rail that he was gripping onto for dear is life. It, is this oddy? <laughs> And then two, the, all the all the Rotherham fans around him were just sitting and watching. If you imagine, if a Leeds fan was being dragged out by police, gripping onto a rail with the 
tips of his fingers by seven police officers, I think at least one other Leeds fan in that stand would go over and say, excuse me, officer, I don't wish to interrupt you in your doing your duty, but I think you should leave that young man alone. Instead, all the Rotherham fans are just going to look in the other direction, whistling, doing the nails. Some I think someone had a crossword out, like score. Anyone uh, score? I hope you're not criticising South Yorkshire Police. Not at all. I'm criticising South Their Yorkshire management of. Of, of everything, really. Crowd situations in particular, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. Been second to none. They've always been on the side of the football fan. They have. They have. Well, they're, they're a good side bunch. South, they've, they've, they've got the South Yorkshire football fans so cowed that they won't even flinch when one of them is being dragged out. a couple of people thrown out. And yeah. given that it, it, they were in the home end and there didn't seem to be any Leeds fans in there they were attacking or anything. Mind what, you, you, what would, they done? you wouldn't have seen this, though, but on you were on, on the walk, but on Twitter there were pictures of the, the police build-up to the game throughout the afternoon and, and you knew that they'd been pumped up to within an inch of their lives. There were so many vans and people. And it just it was... Spend it was, all day watching Die Hard in the back of the van. Yeah, that sort of thing. It was, it was inevitable. It was inevitable. Anyway, we, we ended up losing to a Cumworthy Thunder Bastard, a new phrase that we're going to patent here on the uh, on the Squareball podcast. It was quite a hit. I've not actually watched it back. I think it was a miss hit. Yeah, it must have been a fluke. He just sort of bent in the middle. Mm, not really interested no. in Rotherham. Should we, and he was a, I mean, some, what was his name as well, the guy? I don't know. He's some double barrel. Oh, yeah. Posh kid. Yeah. Alec Douglas Hume <laughs> or something. It really, it, it was one of the things about this game that we've been crying out for is that, yes, it was a defeat away to Rotherham, and that's depressing. However, we saw Adrian Tavares play. And so after the game, those people going, oh, I can't believe we lost to Rotherham, but bloody hell. More than a woman. Adrian's good. Yeah, this is why I prefer, I'm gradually trying to introduce the listener, get them used to the idea that I am going to be calling him Tavares <laughs> and not Adrian. <laughs> it's not just... <laughs> not, <laughs> podcast for the kids, the new generation, we're making jokes about 70s disco music, man. And I, plus, I just like—I think Tavares is a nicer thing to say. Ad, Adrian is obviously the rocky, mm. whereas uh, Tavares, Tavares, Tavares. Dan, you watched this on TV, yeah, to get away from to get away from Moscow. I did yeah. for a minute. <laughs> you watched it on TV to get away from me. <laughs> Was the referee a bit shit? Yeah, he seemed to give them a lot of. 50-50 decisions, I thought. Anything that was kind of... Yeah. Where, was, it, where it was a bit of pulling on both sides. He's, he seemed, he seemed to give them an awful lot of stuff, It was a I bit thought. of a homer, yeah, he was. He was a bit of a homer. And I think he he was in the same frame of mind as the police. He was all fired up. It was his big chance on telly. Was it not one of the bigger refs? I can't remember off, off the top of my head. But it, whoever it was was a bit, a bit of a dick, yeah. That was the impression I got in the ground. But you, Cla- know, you never... Was it Clattenburg or was that last night? No, Clattenburg was Norwich. You're never, you're never quite sure when, you, when you're in the stadium if you're all blinkered. And, but you'll, and you'll have had Don Goodman or someone pouring poison in your ear as well on Sky, whoever it'll have been. I can't, I can't, do you know what? I can't remember. I barely listened to it. I just watched it. I don't like the commentary anymore. Just watched it turn down. Well, you'll have some more commentary options that you can tune in. For if you like people pouring poison uh, in your ear, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Uh, <laughs> literally. Well, well, let's use this to segue into the Norwich game. Um, and <laughs> what possible relation has Ken Bates got to the re- events of the Norwich game? First live broadcast of their commentary. Oh, really? Did anybody... Did you tune in? No. Did anybody? Tune no, in? I, I enjoyed particularly their tweet earlier in the day. It's like, who's looking forward to the Leeds game tonight? Are you going to be listening? Not a single reply. Not a single reply. 
tell Ken that it was a big hit. Tell Ken, like, we had to build a new transmitter. <laughs> the man-child, he finally started. Well, he would have been brave the of... The unicorn, uh, the, the golden pony. It would have been brave of Chilino to tell Milanic to drop him <laughs> if uh, after, boom, boom, after the, uh, the, the second half at Rotherham. Yeah, and, but no cook. Proof that we can only have one exciting young talent, which is a bit harsh on Alex Mowat, but you know. And the true. thing is, the thing is as well, we play good with Cook. We we don't play so good when Cook not there. Too many cooks don't spoil the Leeds United broth. Yeah. Yes, one one <laughs> one cook is good. Is doesn't spoil it. <laughs> if we had more cooks or who, none uh, or none, no cooks. <laughs> No cooks spoil the broth. No cooks spoil the broth. Excellent. I knew we'd get there in the end. That's what they say, isn't it? Yep. And no Warnock either. No Warnock. <laughs> and no cooks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least um, Berardi didn't get sent off. This is good. Mm. Again. Another another game he's got through. <laughs> well done. Gitano. Uh, we, we fell behind to poor defending, though, it has to be said. But... I mean, I'm poor defending. Have you seen it? They sort of uh, ran. Did they foul each other? Yes, I haven't yet identified the players. One of them is Austin, and I can't tell from the poor quality of the footage what shirt number the other guy's wearing. I think it might be Belushi, but yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but basically, two our two defenders are marking. Uh, it's Russell Martin, isn't it? And then um, rather than continue to mark him. They just start wrestling each other to the ground. <laughs> and then they're both appealing. <laughs> appealing for a free kick. <laughs> Before looking around and going, Oh, it's you! Um, Hiya, mate! <laughs> and meanwhile, there's, uh, yeah, possibly the easiest header you could ever possibly see. Yeah, that could do with some work. Hockaday, good with set piece. Actually, no, he was terrible from set pieces. Well, first goal we conceded, seven minutes corner at Millwall. Pretty much exactly the same. Consistency. We're still consistently bad at defending from corners. Mm-hmm. All right, then, carries who, on for the rest of the season. Who scored.com? Ducara still doesn't look like scoring, Michael. Nope, no. He'll, need, he'll need it putting on a plate if he's to ever score. Yeah, he's going to need the team to create more than one goal-scoring opportunity per game if he's ever going to look like scoring, which is my whole point all along. And I don't think it was your point. No, well, you that, were saying he, he never he'd, looked like scoring. Well, he doesn't look like scoring. No, really, you saw the finish. Did that look like it was going to go in? Yes. Yep. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, it did. It no, went, it and didn't. not only did it, did it look like it was going to go in, it went in. Yeah, didn't he, he just went, he went he went from his boot straight into the corner. But it was like into the goal. It yeah. was like Crown Green bowling. He just rolled it really slowly it from about really forty slow. yards away. <laughs> Side footed it, and it was like just dribbled into the corner. Nice, um, nice little through ball from the unicorn as well. He, um, yeah, he's got his first assist, doesn't he, Tavares? That's but, good. And he, um, well, if you noticed the run that he made as well, it drew in both the defenders, which allowed. Takara to go across the other way. Nice. It's, it's because, we're talking tactics now. It's because we were attacking instead of just knocking the ball around our back four until Norwich had all of their players f- back behind it for us to get through. We must have broken quickly. And actually, it's like, fucking hell, everybody's running. Tavares, just pass it to Dukara. And he's like, tried to, uh, I think he tried to play in Antonucci and it ended up just rolling into the goal. Hey, Johnny Housen was playing anyway. Did he? Hey, there we go. Didn't notice him. There we go. Hey, there we go. Classic Johnny Housen performance. It's Johnny Housen humour. <laughs> How we've missed him and his jokes. <laughs> it was n- nice to see him again. He nearly scored, didn't he? But didn't. So, yeah, the elephant in the room with this one. Ongoing investigation. Expected to be interviewed by the FA on Friday. Yeah, the- Let's get minute-by-minute minute updates on Twitter. They have 
the Clattenburg has submitted his report. The FA have received his report. The FA are considering his report. What's going to happen next? Obviously, we've got no idea what really went on, but Joe Belushi accused of racism by Cameron Jerome, and it has been denied by the club. Well, it wasn't denied by Darko Milanic. <laughs> but no, neither was it confirmed. I saw your face falling horribly just, into the notes. No, I, I, I was <laughs> yeah, Milanic said, yeah, he's straight out racist, just like John Wayne. Milanic, <laughs> <laughs> uh, after the game, he actually he did the right thing by saying that... Um, uh, he hadn't spoken to Belushki. He said something quite strange about it, like, it is not normal, it is not normal for me to go in the dressing room after the game, speak to the players. I was like, you, you're head coach, aren't you? Darko, don't you go and speak to the players. I know, I, have, I don't want anything to do with that, that, that horrible bunch in there. Um, but he said, yeah, I've not spoken to the player, I'm going to speak to him. We've got a five-hour bus journey back to Norwich, uh, a five-hour bus journey back to Leeds. Um, and I'm going to talk to You're him. not wrong, actually, because they shut the A47 and you couldn't get out of Norwich northbound. So everybody who set off out of Norwich had to go back to Norwich. So you're not wrong there. Amazing. And he said, I'll speak to him and then I find out. But then it, there's something I'm learning about Darko, and it's a it's a classic characteristic of all born liars, is that they don't know when to stop talking. So he kind of he says that, and it's all fine. It, you know, In the heat of the moment, straight after the game, is not the time to comment about something so serious as this. But then he just kept going. He says, uh, for me, it's difficult to comment on something I didn't hear and something that is new for me. It is better if other people in the club comment on this. Like, who? Mm. Who other than the head coach? You're the guy who was like, wearing the natty little V-neck and the blazer. There aren't many more people in the club, to be fair. <laughs> but then again, we did get words from him upstairs, the Italian chap. Can... Be- I think that's basically what he meant. Right. When he said, it is better if other people in the club comment on this, he's basically saying... I wish Massimo was here. But then he'd tell me what to say. Well, he spoke today, didn't he, did Massimo? So can we have this in uh, in his proper in, voice? It's quite a forthright statement um, from Cellino, and really you've got to say it's a good one. He says, um, uh, Belushi is no racist. <laughs> I, uh, I speak with him and he said, you, you, you must be joking. I said nothing like this to him. He is surprised by this. He is shocked. I don't allow racists at this club and I won't allow racists at this club ever. If one of my players is a racist, I'd kick his ass. And I kick him out before the FA has a chance. Belusky says he spoke to Jerome in Italian. I don't know if he speaks Italian too, but Belusky swears to me he says nothing racist. He is pissed off, sure, because he could hit in the neck and in the face and he denies anything racist. I believe him and I support him. The FA is yet to make contact. Oh no, this is uh, Phil Hayes. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Put it in do Phil Hayes' voice. Go on, let's offend another uh, and another nation. The, the F is. Yeah, I can't do Scottish, please. Just do it in your normal voice. Uh, yeah, so Salino continued, uh, I'll write to them to clarify my position on Belushki and racism. If any Leeds player was shown to be a racist, he'd be out. That's my philosophy and my promise. Interesting. I love the yeah, the, the French twang there. Is, that's um, my, that's Cellino, so is, that's Italian. So people can imagine him saying it. Uh, maybe it? it's from Corsica, it's sort of near well, France, Well, yes, it? exactly. Uh, well, we finally got three points under Darko. It took us five games to get them, but we've still got three points under Darko. How many points did Hockaday get? About four, five, something like yeah, that. Darko's got less than Hockaday, hasn't he? Mm, yeah, so yeah. he's mm. technically, at this point, it's very difficult to say anything about Darko Milanich other than, one, he lies, two, he's worse at coaching than Hockaday, mm. three, he hates Stephen Warnock. And he's a shirker. Yes. If you if you someone at work asked you to do something that was part of your job and you went, ah, I think it's someone else, someone else should do that. Yeah. 
I don't really, I don't really do the bit of my job. Like, I, I don't, I don't really go into that dressing room. Yeah, and I don't answer questions here. Just <sighs> the news. Let's start off this bit then with the sacking siren. We should introduce this to any any new listeners. This is the siren that we play. New listeners. <laughs> yes. We're not getting any new listeners. No, like uh, we, have, we have to explain this when we've not explained anything up to now. <laughs> this is where we, we play the sacking siren, which sounds... Oh, I won't play it yet because it's, it's, there's a new interesting bit to this. Uh, we play it for anybody who has departed or probably should have departed. When I say departed, I don't mean dead. I mean sacked. Sacked, not dead. Where's Oddie? Where's, well, this is it. I mean, we don't want to imply that we have sacked Oddie. Mm. Uh, that rumour has... The good um, Lord has sacked him. But we have we have modified the sacking siren in his honour. Yeah, this this is the Oddie um, sacking siren, memorial sacking siren. Uh, we felt it only appropriate to commemorate his, his lifetime mm-hmm. and his, his achievements, so it seemed natural to, to have this. It's nice, isn't it? Second Second World War air raid siren. I don't think it? we should be playing this. What if he, what if he's out somewhere and he's managed to get a charge on his phone, mm. and he's listening to his podcast and he hears this, and he's maybe outside the door, and this sends him running for cover. He ends up in someone's cellar again. He'll just be, he'll be sending him back to being the days in the home guard, eating tins of corned beef. <laughs> anyway, is there anybody in this fortnight that should be up for this? Uh, this sacking siren. Do it. Can we? Can we hold the Twitter guy responsible for the Adrian thing, the tweet in the team news, and the picture, and then all of a sudden he's out? Well, it's whoever wrote the tweet, the team sheet. Surely it has to be sacked for putting the wrong players on it or players that weren't going to play. Milinic. If it, if it so be it, I mean he's had a decent crack at it, and I think it may be time. I think as well we should be we should be realistic about this and that the the sacking siren alteration has been partly brought about by the fact that. The original sacking siren appears to have been deleted. So, the person who did that, yeah, <laughs> we don't want to overuse this one. It could get quite annoying in, in a short space of time. <laughs> um, the uh, the kit man also is uh, hung up Adrian's shirt that got everybody um, excited as well. So surely he's got to be he's got to be in the running. No doubt. Uh, McDermott, so who's, who's put this on the sheet then? This was me, because Brian McDermott seems to be coming around for another little... little. He's not had enough of the first sacking siren. <laughs> or maybe now he's heard that we've got a new one. He's like, oh, uh, a, a keen collector of uh, World War Two memorabilia. Actually, I've got so a few... Uh, uh, so is Giuseppe Belushi, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, apparently uh, apparently Giuseppe's got a lot of items in his collection that I don't have in mine. Uh, come come at it from quite different angles. Um, he was on uh, <laughs> he was on um, Sky talking about um, about Massimo um, and said uh, uh, yeah it's fair to say that when uh, Massimo came in he didn't really uh, just have a little look at it. He came in and he steamrolled the place. Um, and then he continues, uh, I have to say, since I've left, I talk to him regularly, which is the most surprising. Hmm. This is, that's the first surprise. One, that Cellino, <laughs> who, couldn't, who could not for the life of him get hold of Brian McDermott when he was his head coach stroke manager. Where's, where's Brian? After sacking him, now that it's like, hey, I phone him all the time. I get his number now. <laughs> Maybe just sacking him is just like, it's like, hey, I'm sacking you, but uh, can we be friends on Facebook now? We BFFs. <laughs> um, uh, so, so I talk to him regularly. Uh, we get on well. We talk about football. And obviously, 
This is where it gets really interesting. Obviously, if we'd known each other a little bit better at the time, or if we'd known each other at all, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, um, then it, uh, it might have worked out. And I still believe to this day that if I'd had another year at this fantastic club, it could have worked. He's angling to come. He's heard, he's seen. I didn't transcribe the part where he said, yeah, and I've heard they've, they've hired this lying bastard and uh, I don't give him five fucking minutes in that job. <laughs> so I'm going to be, uh, next time I'm chatting to uh, to Masima, I'm going to tell him, get me back in. Um, I, yeah. call, I call him mess. <laughs> it's going to be the uh, the McD comeback. Don't mm. call it a comeback. He never went away. Well, mm. he did go away because he got, he got fired. Twice. <laughs> Twice. Yeah, and he wants a third goal. Probably, probably How many idea. times are you playing that one? Two, three? No, it's too long now, is this, this version of it. <laughs> Takes too long to warm it up. Ah, I cannot, I try to sack people, but it's me too long, it will warm the siren up. <laughs> By the time the siren is ringing, I hire them again. Um, anyway, speaking of, of sackings and, and departures, San- Judge Sandra Lepore has bottled it, hasn't she? The uh, the latest one is in the Chilino verdict. Um, this is the latest case of tax evasion. For this one, Lucky 23, different yacht, not so lucky. How many yachts does one man need to bring from Miami to Sardinia in the, the average lifetime? Well, Depends what the cargo is. Um, anyway, the case has been adjourned until January because Sandra Lepore has abstained. She's exercised her right to abstain because she judged the previous one. She's pulled a Tim Kerr, basically. Mm. Um, not leaving simple minds. Um, <laughs> more, more cultural references for the kids. <laughs> that was Jim Kerr. Um, pulled a Tim Kerr, uh, who, when he had to judge the whether the Football League should allow him, basically just went, yeah. Uh, you probably won't be able to later, but yeah, do it now. And she's just said... That's, you mean like, that's the QC? Yeah, that was the QC <laughs> the Football League hired to independently judge. And uh, yeah, dear old, old uh, Sandy D has just said... Um, but she said, for me, it's difficult to comment on something I didn't hear and something that's new for me. It's better that other people comment on this. <laughs> yeah, basically. And the, the next... Uh, so it, now it's being bounced back to the Italian judiciary who have to select a new judge. And I believe Darko Milanic... Is, uh, is in the running. I don't think he wants the job. I think for him, it's difficult to comment on something um, he didn't hear and something that's new for him. And it'd be better if other, other people did it. How Listen, how do you think he's doing so far? Well, M- Milanic. <laughs> yeah, so far, but... Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. I actually, I cannot pinpoint one positive change that has happened since he's been head coach that you can definitively say... It's down to him. Apart, from, that's positive changes. There are plenty of ways I can pinpoint in which we've got worse because the results are worse and the performances are more boring. But I know, he, I we're, know t- we're more compact. <laughs> yeah, compact, great. We're compactness playing- is is not a quality that is required if you're not winning. No, but how many times have we said that we need like a George Graham style figure, somebody to come in and tighten things up, and maybe he's that man. Well, so, I, so, I may we have, so we get the occasional draw. <laughs> I might have said it back when Simon Grayson was losing game six four, <laughs> but. At the moment, when I don't think when Hockaday was losing games, playing a central defender at left back was one of my like real like bugbears that I needed him to sort out. Hmm, isn't half the problem though that you can't quite disentangle his choices and his influence from Chilino's? Well, exactly. So it's impossible to say. Well, I mean, the, the one good thing that's happened is we've finally seen Tavares, but even then, Chilino brought him here, and who's to say that it isn't Chilino said, ah. Play the kid, <laughs> and then the kid plays. Mm. And even then, it's just another example. Ah, play the kid, and then Milanic says, "Oh yeah, I'll I'll play him." Writes it on the team sheet. Yeah, I've got another team sheet here. I'm going to put it in just for a prank. <laughs> and 
so yeah, really, I'd love to hear anybody who can tell me what Darko Milanich has done that has done that's good. Uh, <laughs> Podcast at the Square Ball dot net. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we say, he's not obviously picking his entire team, nor is he seemingly picking the formation. So you think, well, if if he does have his own playing style, he maybe isn't getting to use it. So if mm. we if we brought in someone, Guardiola came in, <laughs> and all of a sudden, went, what formation are you playing? Are you doing the whole Barcelona by Munich thing? You no, no, it's a diamond now. <laughs> and he might be shit at playing a diamond, yeah. but then it's not his choice. However, it's worth remembering that when when he came from Sturm Graz, the reports from the Sturm Graz fans was that he had. Uh, put together the most boring, rubbish team they'd had in a decade. But we were all sh- there was there was mitigating circumstances that they just they had to um, deal with the players that they had. He went for a defensive four four two because um, he felt it was appropriate to the situation that Sturmgratz were in. And so there was, it was very easy to say that things would be very different when he came to Leeds and had exciting players like Dukara, Antonucci, Tavares, Moet. But you said of. himself, he was playing a defensive 4-4-2 there, and that isn't what he's playing now, so he's outside of his comfort zone. In- he's playing a defensive diamond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the first half against Rotherham was boring, but what irked me, obviously I wasn't at the Norwich game last night, so it could have been amazing scintillating football, but somebody texted into BBC Radio Leeds at half-time in the Norwich game last night, saying that Leeds in recent weeks has been playing the best football for a decade. And it's just, I don't know why everybody is blinded, just because we're passing the ball about. And it's this huge gaping gulf has been created between a false dichotomy between passing and hoofball, where they're at opposite ends of the spectrum, where if you dare to suggest that watching Pierce pass to Bianchi, pass to Pierce, pass to Warnock, isn't that exciting. It's like, well, what, would you rather have Warnock back and he just hoof it? It's like, well, no, because that was just rubbish. Probably generated more excitement. If you remember that first Southampton game where we were just pelting it at their goalkeeper, very exciting, but not good. There is somewhere in the middle where you can afford to be to attack quickly and directly at the opposition goal, using the advantages and the talents that the players at your disposal have. Cook can play the ball very fast. Tavares four dancing little pony feet that can take the ball around unicorn. six players at once. He's a unicorn. You've got Byram can occasionally whip the ball in from the from the right wing. Barardi is a murderer. <laughs> You've got Dukara who occasionally gets lucky and Antonucci who sometimes is onside. And Antonucci for all the um, I like making fun of the fact that he can't stay onside but he'd have an easier time trying to stay onside if the offside trap he was breaking was near the penalty area instead of near the halfway line. It's the only way we score now, is we break the offside trap somewhere around the centre circle, and then either Ducara or Antonucci runs the rest of the way and then finishes one-on-one. And we do that once per game and score from it, which is great, 100% record and all that. However, I'd like to see more than one scoring chance in a game, more than one goal in a game, and perhaps um, more than one forward pass. Seems fair. I'd also like Milanic <laughs> out. I've had enough. There's no point in hanging around. Hot, um, 
Cockaday. Cockaday's going to sack him sooner or later. <laughs> Chilino is going to sack him sooner or later. I, I, oh, but come on, you're buying into the nonsense now because every manager is fired from the day that he starts. All of them. Yeah, this is true. You know. But also, we need Redfern back in now because until he's back in, people are going to pine for him. Mm. We might as well get him back in now so he can lose some games so people can agree again like they did before. He had that good run yeah. that he's shit. So we can have McDermott back. <laughs> like people thought when he did the caretaker job before mm. and people laughed at him. <laughs> before, he, before he became a football genius. I hope for your sake Lucy Watson listened to this. He, uh, I like Redfern, but remember how people were about him a couple of years ago and how yeah, people are about him now? Because that uh, Redfern had suffered the indignity, although it's since Lucy stu- since said that this isn't strictly true, but the indignity of Neil Warnock taking the team off him at half-time because it was going that badly... And that's not a good recommendation. He's obviously much better, much better coach now. I mean, the likes of York City are after him, so that's a, a great uh, a statement of uh, of what he's got to offer. But yes, I mean, I am kind of buying into it a bit with Darko. I admit, but I look at him, and I just don't see somebody who is still going to be here at the end of the season. He just doesn't have that air about him, especially not when he's. Sort of, for me, it's difficult to comment on. This. I mean, well, you've been here, you've been here a while. The international break, he had two weeks and he ended the international break. He hadn't even made his mind up whether he was going to play Tavares or Cook. He didn't bring his family over. I think it was a sensible decision. (laughs) Is it too early, by the way, to write the new away kit off as the unlucky purple kit? Is it purple? Well, for the purposes of this, yes. Would Chilino allow them to make a purple I'm kit? I'm calling it purple. If you change the contrast on your telly, it's purple. Given I mean, it's, it's de- it is definitely blue. Given that he had Paddy Let's Kenny call it drowned. Purple. Let's call it purple. Given that he had Paddy Kenny drowned. Debu- we debuted it on the 17th of the month. Yeah. We I'm still surprised. haven't won in it, and we've worn it for a week now. Actually, no, because if you read the uh, the match report on the Norwich game on the official site, we wore it against Norwich for the first time on Tuesday night. Excellent. Hang on. So Rotherham... <laughs> there we go. It's Rotherham. the Oddy Memorial Sacking Siren. We never did actually cover the um, uh, the um, announcement of Milanic on the official website, did we? I don't know. Yeah, after waiting ages for Dark and Milanic to be confirmed, they... Uh, um, put it on the official website. We can now announce the appointment of our new head coach, Darko Milanic, who has signed a two-year contract this evening, having vacated his role at Slovenian side, Sturm Graz. Mm. Uh, Austrian. Um, and also Sturm, just for anybody checking, isn't spelled S-T-E-R-M uh, when it's a football club. Uh, statement continues that during his time in control of the Austrian Bundesliga, he led them to a fifth-place finish and also... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Competed in the Europa League, which is quite impressive that he ran the entire league. You're going to win it if you're running it, aren't you? That's the thing. <laughs> fix, isn't it? It's a fix. But um, he only got them to fifth. He, even though he's running, oh, that was the even league though finished it. fifth in its own league. <sighs> um, so that was that's a bit, poor. That it's a poor, it's poor um, output. What bugged me about it was the, the statement started having vacated his role at Slovenian side Sturm Graz this past weekend. He will now become a head coach of Leeds United with a medium effect. Four sentences later, it said Milanic, um, and now they'd started putting the little C over his name that they wouldn't do before. Also enjoyed success as a player and won a total of 11 trophies from his time at Partizan and Sturm Graz. The club he left to become head coach at Leeds United, just in case in four sentences of nonsense, you'd forgotten which club he had just left to become head coach at Leeds Sorry, United. Sorry, who's he coaching that now? Uh, Leeds United right, is coaching sorry. it now, but it's worth bearing in mind that he also captained the Slovenian national side at Euro 2000. Sturm Graz, is that? Uh, um, yes, Sturm, the Austrian Bundesliga captained the Slovenian national side at Euro 2000, which was co-hosted by Ukraine and Poland. Now, I don't know, but the found the logo. It does look a little bit like it says Belgium and the Netherlands on the old Euro 2000 logo, but um, yeah, so that was... So apart from those 15 errors, I mean, it was a really good, it was a really good article. That was a good... Um, oh, uh, I'm firing it off. <laughs> it actually... I'm, I'm irritated by all that. Actually. It hasn't... Um, they've changed... Um, they've changed the spelling of Sturm Graz now on the uh, story on the official website, however... That's the least of the worries, really. Um, and they have now placed them in Austria... That's it, good. It does still say that he was in control of the entire Austrian Bundesliga. That's not been fixed. And, and the, um, does it still say that he captained the Slovenian team in uh, in Ukraine, Ukraine and Poland while when he every, was while in, in his fifties, presumably? Well, well, everybody else was playing the Euro two thousand in uh, Holland and Belgium. <laughs> but it's, I'm sure he probably won. They had a special one just for Sturmgratz. Yes. So that was. Uh, oh, did you play the sacking siren? No? Yes. Yes. Good. Good. Well, that's good, yeah. So he's written off. Um, expect him to be fired uh, soon. Uh, just tying up all the loose ends of other stuff. Sky TV, we're on again. Whoa. Uh, Forest away game just before Christmas. This is, the, this is the big shop day, isn't it? The Christmas shopping day. Saturday, the 20th of December. You can do your shopping earlier and then get down to the city ground for the 520 kickoff. You're not suggesting we do some uh, shopping in Nottingham? No. Out there, is there? No. <laughs> Spend your money here in the north. Rather than that southern town, Nottingham. And finally in this bit then, Noel Hunt, he's, he's a good egg, isn't he? Didn't um, Cellino said he had beautiful eyes? He loved his beautiful Irish eyes. After saying he distrusted Brian McDermott's shifty Irish eyes, <laughs> he's Irish, I do not understand these people, I believe was the quote, uh, he then decided that Noel Hunt was... Uh, Racist. Was the um, the little, what do you call those? Leprechaun. Yes, was the little leprechaun of his heart. That he loved having around the place on there, however much he ends. He's a pol- red as he's backing him up. For uh, for Noel Hunt, you could read Oddie when he says here that Oddie, at his age, 
his Ebola is infectious on the younger players because he wants to. He makes them want to play and talks. I'm sure Oddie hasn't. Oddie doesn't have any modern diseases. He's not allowed near young boys. You think he's got TB? Yeah, he's got rickets and stuff like that. (laughs) Consumption. If you are a doctor out there and you're you're treating a confused old man for a a once thought to be extinct disease, keep him. We don't want him (laughs) if he's broken. How are your legs then, Michael? Your feet? I mean, you 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 hobbled into the studio this evening. We're all a little bit concerned for your welfare, uh, more so than Oddy probably. Do you know what? For you that didn't do the walk, I'm going to inflict something upon oh, you. No. Oh God! The socks Put coming the socks off. Back on. Oh no! Right, moving across the studio. It's going towards Moscow. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that little toe. Oh, oh my God! Good God! What's it's wrong with it? Have it cut off quick. <laughs> yeah. Get it. Put your like penis a- away. I'd yeah. rather it was his penis. I'm not sure what's wrong with it. It's kind of... I seem to have managed to get a blister on a toenail. Are you... Un- quite an achievement. Are you unwilling to go to a doctor about this? Because if they say, what do you think you might have done to us? Is there any reason why your feet may be in this terrible condition? You're too ashamed to say, well, I walked 30 miles to Rotherham for a football to, to watch Leeds United lose. Oh, dear. All right, it was a silly decision, as was the decision not to make any effort to do any training... <laughs> I just turned up and did it. Did it on the night. No, no rehearsals. Because <laughs> you're a performer, mate. That's you. That's Unscripted. You. You're a performer. One take, Michael. Exactly. Just ad libbed it. So what we are referring to, of course, uh, just catching up on this, is the charity walk. We, we do a lot for charity, but we don't like to talk about it, do we? Uh, the charity walk. Two charities benefited from the fundraising efforts of a team of, was it 11 or 12? Uh, it, was el- it was 11 and a half. 11, right. Someone, someone joined us uh, midway. Right. Uh, who Glory tro- Hunter. Who trotted down to the New York Stadium. So they departed Ellen Road at 7.30am from Billy's statue and walked all the way to Rotherham and got there in time for the kickoff. Just about. I must admit, about 15 miles in, I was thinking, we'll be there for six. <laughs> this is going, we're going really fast here. We'll be there for six. We can probably have a couple of hours in a pub. In a pub, potentially. <laughs> and then the last 10 miles went very, very slowly. And about Absolutely the last five miles, I think, took about two and a half hours. But um, people, bits were falling off people. <laughs> we were raising money. Uh, or they were, rather. No, I think we. it was we. We deserve all yeah, the We haven't even credit. put any money in. I put money in. Have you? I, yeah. I spent all day on Twitter generating funds. I probably met, raised more than you just through <laughs> sitting on my arse tweeting. Nobody uh, actually cared if you got there or not. Everyone just joins in on Twitter now. It's a social media phenomenon. You don't actually have to do the walk. In <laughs> fact, there is no evidence that you didn't just, like, pose for photos in Wakefield and then drive. Are you suggesting I've set fire to my little toes done, like, to make them look like this? Yeah, you just did a Becchio, break your own foot to, to please Leeds fans. <laughs> anyway, the, the two charities that are benefiting from the fundraising are uh, the Leeds Children's Hospital Appeal and the Louis Jacob Sharp Foundation, which is the charity set up by Billy Sharp um, and his wife following the loss of their son a couple of years back. Um, what's the what's the what's the totaliser? Let me just check. We've got a we, sh- we need some kind of large prop which we can. We need see expensive the, LED screen. See the total on, but yeah. We, in, um, imagine there's a very you're in a massive room and there's a wall. There's a video wall, approximately thirty meters big. That, the, the square bolathon update. <laughs> we've still not totaled everything up because we've got some off- offline stuff and people's works and stuff matching it. But we're going to hit about six grand. I think. Which is right. actually really pretty good. Yeah. How much did you expect to make? I kind of wanted to get to about three. Yeah. I thought three would be a decent effort. That'd be kind of worthwhile. Mind you, I also thought at that point I'd, I'd piss it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd get to Rotherham spinning on my cock. 
<laughs> but as it turned out, it was quite hard. Um, what was the hardest part? Probably walking about 10 miles when you've knackered your ankle ligaments. <laughs> yeah, as well as my blisters, the other foot. It does look better now, but it did go purple. You had some like ghost faster stripes, didn't you, down the side of your foot? Yeah, it kind of went a bit big and purple. Pardon? <laughs> Yeah. Was it throbbing? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, children. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so that bit wasn't particularly good. How was it passing through Barnsley? There were some odd characters knocking about in Barnsley. Um, I, I was staying in touch with you via text, wasn't I, through all this, and you said, I said, whereabouts are you, just so I could tweet the updates, and you said approaching Royston Vasey, uh, which was quite good. There were a lot of people with, I mean, it's unfair to possibly pick on people when the state we were in, but there were a lot of people who looked to be struggling. What, just for life? Yeah. One way or another through, through I don't know, maybe their lifestyle choices. <laughs> people didn't look well. In yeah. fact, it, it made me look better by comparison. I blended seamlessly. Uh, quick word as well for Titch. There is an article about this in the current issue of Square Ball, the number three one that's coming out of the weekend, but for anybody who's not going to buy the mag, and God knows you don't need to now. Um, well, hold on, no, 25p from every mag we sell for this issue contributes to the charity course, fund. Yeah. Very so, true. So but, if, you don't, um, if you don't buy it, you're basically... Don't care at all. But you thought children. you thought you were underprepared, but at least you went in walking boots and sensible attire. Tell us about Titch. Um, he turned up in some pumps that he bought from Primark <laughs> that I think cost him three quid. They know the kind that have got a, a paper thin sole, so you can feel every every little fragment of, <laughs> of pebble on the road. Uh, so he did half of the walking. Well, he did to twenty miles in those. Um, at which point he threw them in the bin because <laughs> the because there were holes in the bottom of them, and then he put on a new pair of white pumps from Primark, <laughs> which he completed the walk in. And he was wearing football socks as well. Wasn't yes, he? he was wearing football socks, um, and he did it powered by a carvery and two pints of Stella and five cans of Strongbow. This was on the way, wasn't it? As well, yes. he stopped at New Miller Dam just south of Wakefield. Yeah, we stopped. Was, at, was we stopped, that thirteen miles in or something? Yeah, we stopped at a pub, and most people had a drink and some of their like cereal bars and high energy snacks and things he returned with the full cavalry sandwich with five <laughs> roast potatoes uh, and had two pints of Stella in a, in a, in a 20 minute period sounds like a classic Leeds away day to be honest that. He, though, well, he, he brought some of the spirit to it he and, then, he, and then obviously he polished that off he set off back, back down the road and then he stopped and bought he got, he got some cans of Stella well he already I think he started the walk with two cans of Strongbow bought an additional four or five <laughs> um, and polished them all off <laughs> That's a sterling effort. Yeah, an absolute hero. Wow, that is fantastic. Absolutely salute you. So yes, it looks like £6,000 has been broken for that. Massive thank you to you if you've dug deep and um, given us some cash towards And well done to everyone that that did it. There was a lot of people struggling on it, but everyone kind of got their head down and battled on. It would have been very easy to kind of bail out, I think, with about five miles to go. The, um, The Just Giving page is still up, isn't it? It is. I think anybody who is listening to this who on the day tweeted... Is that Dave Hockaday? Should, and who hasn't donated should um, should take pity on Richard, who it was, not Dave Hockaday, should go to... Thesquareball.net forward slash donate. And give as much as you think uh, telling a man he looks like Dave Hockaday is worth. <laughs> it's um, Richard, as uh, you mentioned the article in the new Squareball um, that he's written, I just want to share the part when uh, he talks about... Um, uh, the cheers from passing traffic that we'd experienced as far as Wakefield turns to the usual dirty Leeds abuse as once they got to Barnsley. And he gets on to, in Barnsley, you keep your car clean, your tan topped up, your nails painted, and you die. And then he goes on to have uh, a scruffy kid singing We All Hate Leeds Scum at you when he's uh, uh, much with mum's 
um, upset. Yeah, his his write up of the day is is really good um, and probably worth putting more uh, money in the kitty if you read it and enjoy it. And even by just buying it to read it, you'll donate twenty five pence. But don't think that's enough. Yeah, twenty five pence is nothing. I mean, I shit twenty five p really. The squareball.net forward slash donate. Coming up. And that new issue of the magazine does go on sale against Wolves. That's the next home game on Saturday. Uh, they're fourth in the table. They're doing all right. Looking quite good for your tip, Moscow. Was it you who tipped them in the pre-season pod that they would go straight up? Wolverhampton Wanderers, yes. I think so. Yeah, straight up through did. the divisions. My tip for Fulham is looking pretty hot. <laughs> Where are it's they in the league? About 20 seconds. Uh, it's cause They're picking up, though. It's because Mathieu missed a couple of games and now he's all like... Oh. We've got rid of that lunatic as well. Yeah, I think that it takes a while for everybody just to unwind after you uh, sack the guy that was making you train for 30 hours a day or whatever is... It's kind of thing. Was he? <laughs> it was him. Who, he tried to heal one of the players with cheese. Yeah, yeah. it was um, that tall defender that they had from Norway that should have gone to Arsenal. What was he called? Hangland. Saying that he was waving cheese at him. No, he, he made him lie on the bed, the stretcher bed thing, with uh, a block of cheese strapped to his ankle to try and fix it. Sounds erotic. Have yeah. you tried that after the walk? I've not. Get no. some Stilton. Maybe some a nice brie, something like that. I mean, your feet are broken enough already, so it's like it's not going to do any harm, is I'll it? I'll give it a go. I'll dip him in a fondue. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, Wolves at home. When was the last time we played these lot? Last time we played them at home was... Oh, oh Luciano. Opening day of 12-13, Kenny McCormack cross, Becchio 1-0, scoring that goal he always used to score. Scored it against Millwall, scored it against Chelsea, scored it against uh, Wolves. At the moment, um, I think on the opening day of that season when Neil Warnock really truly began to hate him because uh, he was clearly taking all the limelight... Fascinating interview. In fact, um, I'll save it for Villain of the Fortnight, but Neil Warnock, inevitably, after a week at Crystal Palace, has done some massive interview with Henry Winter. But we'll save all that. But yeah, but no, Wolves are managed by a Kenny Jacket who never gets cold. <laughs> oh dear. And looks like a golfer. He does look like a golfer. He does look like a golfer. Yeah, that is, that's good. Tell us what whoscored.com said. I have done some, because it wasn't... What have they made up about Wolves? It wasn't just... We don't want your sponsorship, whoscored.com. You are liars. My prediction... You are no better than Darko Milinic. My prediction that they would be going straight up through this division like hot soap was not just based on nothing. Obviously, I did my research, um, and whoscored.com told me that they're very strong at shooting from direct free kicks, and they're strong at attacking down the wings, but weak at defending down the wings. So the wings are both a threat and an opportunity depending on whether which combination of Warnock, Cooper, Berardi, Byram, Tavares, I don't know, whoever he wants to play instead of Warnock, is there. Um, their biggest weakness, it's interesting, Wolves' biggest weakness is protecting the lead. So I think Milanic's tactics should be, we just need to hope that we concede early, and they won't, they won't be able to defend it and we can win. And they play possession football, which we do as well, so it's going to be like, we'll see, we might have to watch like it being... tiki-taka. We might have to watch it being done properly by a team that are actually quite good and fourth in the league. Although, quite a few draws in their Made recent Made a hell of games. a mess of it against Millwall as well. Three up, and then threw it away in the well, last... Exactly, that's, you see, so just chuck a couple of early goals in, and then get a spirited comeback. I think that's got to be the tactic. It could be the one memorable thing Milanic does before he leaves, is leave us with like a Southampton 4-3 or something like I that. I think that the unicorn might score a header with his, with his parsnip in this one. He's not going to play, because all he did was get an assist against Norwich, so naturally he's going to be rested for this game, because the diamond must rotate. Ah, uh, no, but uh, Dakara's suspended, isn't he, now? Because he picked up his fifth bucket against Norwich. Billy Sharp. 
No, it'll be Morrison, won't it? Oh, no, God, God, no, come no. on. He, against Rotherham, even then, coming on to try and save the game, just didn't look arsed. There was a ball launched into the box, and he just kind of, you saw it coming, and he could have moved forward to meet it, but he's kind of looked at where the defenders were, looked at where the ball was, and just went, now nah, they'll probably just clear it. Just, it wasn't like the way Beckford used to be conserving energy and then explode. This was just blatant. If like, he has been doing that, think of the explosion. Because he's been doing it for, what, <laughs> two, 18 months? Two years now, wow. I did some research into Wolves players as well. They have one called Danny Barth, uh, nicknamed Party, and also Rajiv Van Lapara. That a- sounds like one of those names that gets made up when... Um, football manager makes up players he is a Dutch winger who can play both left and right side mm-hmm. which again sounds completely football manager scouted him I don't think he's real I think he's less real than our unicorn well if he doesn't play you may have a point mm-hmm. but if he scores two from one wing and then two from another uh, we may have to rethink th- his and our reality then we go away to Cardiff who are not so good since they've come down uh, just above us in the league at 10th yeah, our, traditionally our bogey side. Maybe we'll football them to death in this. now. Clash of the maniac owners, Dan. Well, yes, wow. I'm looking forward to the papers being full of who's most crazy, who got up to the most antics. You'll have uh, Vincent Tan in his red shirt with his trousers yeah, pulled right to, up. Credit to Massimo, he's never stooped to that. What, a red shirt? The, well, any kind of sportswear over a suit. But he won't turn up in purple, so, you know, we'll make some hay with that, you know, get, get. Cellino has also never um, quite yet resorted to the passive aggression that really marks out Vincent Tan. Cellino, forthright, he calls an arse an arse. He says when he's pissed off. The uh, announcement of Russell Slade when he moved from Watford to recently take over at Cardiff, Vincent Tan said on their official website, um, I ask that our supporters offer him a chance to prove his long-term value to our club and I hope everybody's grateful that I am not doing the accent here. Um, I look forward to uh, you giving him and his players their full support as we try to earn our place in the Premier League under his guidance. Look at Russell's track record. He certainly deserves to be given a chance. After all, Cardiff gave a chance to a mediocre manager from Watford and he took the club to the Premier League. I did, however, give him a lot of money to spend for that. In fact, too much money. (laughs) This is his statement to welcome the new manager and he just starts banging on about Malcolm Mackay. They have um, Kenwin Jones and Federico Macheda playing up front which is a little bit like falling asleep on Saturday night and waking up match of the day uh, from five years ago. Kenwin Jones scored for Stoke, but Jade has scored on his debut for Man United again. Then we've got Charlton at home, haven't we, the following Tuesday? Yeah, we haven't got to... Uh, uh, can I just point out that whoscored.com say that they attack down the right a lot and are weak at defending against through-ball attacks, which is the only thing we're good at. So we're going to beat Cardiff. Good. With all our through-ball attacks. Sorry, yes, on to Charlton then. Um, we are at home to them. They're doing all right, seventh in the table... Last time we played them, that was, God, that was a sad affair, wasn't it? I just don't want to even think about the last visit of Charlton to Elland Road. Tuesday night as well. This is a Tuesday night. Where's Cameron Stewart? <laughs> he should be involved. He should have dragged shame-faced back to the scene of his crimes. What do they do then? Tell me something interesting about them that um, whoscored.com have made up. There's a picture of their manager on the prep sheet. I'm not sure who's responsible. This is Bob Peters. Who? Mm. Um, because, well, Charlton now are basically a Belgian club, but if you look at him, he's sort of like a composite of a coach's headshot on football manager. He just looks like standard manager. If you would go to the police and say, I was assaulted in the streets... <laughs> by a football manager. By a football manager. That's basically exactly the sort of the mid-40s, balding... 
unshaven, squinty face um, that you would exactly you're, fit. That you're was also, him. You are describing a sex offender. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen this picture? Yeah, where did you I get say it from? It was like, it FBI's <laughs> most wanted? I say he looks like a football manager. Um, they have uh, Andre Baiki and Tal Ben Haim are both playing for them, which is like falling asleep on Saturday night and waking up in front of match today from five years ago. <laughs> Uh, whoscored.com tell me that they play with short passes long shots and lots of width which seems to mean they just play with everything um, and they have a 17 year old f- midfielder called uh, Caroline Ahern Grant who I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure used to be Mrs Merton <laughs> so if they if there's a little old lady tooling around in midfield let's hope Rudy Austin just takes her down excellent right so then Wolves Cardiff Charlton, three games, nine points at stake. I'm saying nine out of nine. Um, I'm saying our new manager will get their first win against Cardiff with through ball attacks, whoever it is that replaces Milanic. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, there we go. Michael, what do you reckon? Three draws. Death by draws. <laughs> Death by a thousand. It won't be a thousand draws. Death by three. Do you think it will be Milanic rule three? Yes. I yeah. think he's going to solidly survive. Did we have a prediction of when he'd be sacked? I don't think we did. We probably I, should. I remember at the start of the season, Cardiff after Cardiff away was someone's prediction. For that when, was mine. I said Hockaday when Hockaday would yeah. go. He seems like such a distant memory, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Who? Well, he he's just disappeared, hasn't he? There is no trace of him. Well, left he's not going to get another job, is he? No. I actually thought he might get another job off the back of being Leeds manager. People, someone in League Two will take a yeah. point. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah. Akrinson, they go. Oh, well. At Leeds, he must have had something about him. There's, there must be more sensible people in the world who just go. Actually, I've just got his record. No, well, I'm clearly I'm setting my stall out. I think he'll be gone after Wolves. <laughs> Bloody hell! The Ken Bates villain of the fortnight. This is the fortnightly award that we give to somebody who has contributed to our ongoing state of misery as Leeds United fans. And as is customary with the Ken Bates villain of the fortnight award, Kenneth is our first nominee. What's his customary nomination for this fortnight? Getting his horrible, filthy little beard back into our glorious club. Um, Glorious? (laughs) <laughs> Once glorious club. <laughs> glorious before he got involved, although, as he said um, again recently, if I may say so, you, you don't have to ever listen to Radio Yorkshire. We will bring you the highlights. If I may say so, uh, Leeds United were in very good shape prior to GFH, making profits. Bullshit! Our debts were reducing, improving the stadium. The debts were absolutely not reducing. And then he, but then he, I like this from Kenny, he said, okay. This is Bates talking about his achievements. Uh, but then GFH came in and totally destroyed it from top to bottom, from beginning to end. So, uh, yeah, so our once glorious club now has, uh, you can hear commentary and the most comprehensive coverage around, he claims, on Radio Yorkshire, starting from the Norwich game, which, as I believe we alluded to earlier, most of the county's listeners appear to have missed. Let's just say now as well, do not listen to it. Yeah, don't. There's Ideally, absolutely. no one listen to it. Particularly if you're one of the few people who fills out a, a Rage Our Diary. I was going to say, if you, no, actually, do you know what? As long as you haven't got a Rage Our Diary, do what you want. If you've got a Rage Our Diary, don't listen to it. Rage Our Diary's been the things that they compile the listening figures from. Which is based on about eight people in the whole of Britain or I something. Think, I think it's something like one, one person represents 600, yeah. I mean, th- there is absolutely no good reason to listen to it because BBC Leeds 
Ken Bates claims uh, in his rambling is that people are missing our kind of commentary compared to Adam Pope's. But Pope and uh, Ian Baird, really good. Ian Baird's great as a summariser. I don't know who they'll have dredged up for... He's quite miserable. Oh, but he gets exciting. Last night, actually, listening to the the, racial, the racist incident, which is the only thing we can call it, the alleged racist incident, he was laughing all the way through because he thought uh, Belusky had just, like, was messing about, rolling around, pretending to be injured, laughing his absolute head off and wouldn't explain what he was laughing at. And it was quite enjoyable to hear Adam Pope kind of going like, come on, Bertie, tell them, tell them what's going on. And he was laughing. He's like, no, <laughs> no, it's too funny. So, yeah, um, don't listen to the games. However, after games, I believe they're having some kind of phoning. Or well, Susanna used to call it the aftermatch moaning. Now, I would recommend people bring this up. Pretend to be a little bit simple on the phone when you first get through, because they're the people who they seem to let on. Withhold your number if possible. Mm. If not, by all means, buy a series of SIM cards. <laughs> Trade them in and out. Learn a variety of accents. <laughs> Let's ruin his phoning. If we can do nothing else, we can spoil his phoning. <laughs> <laughs> of course, um, all this has come about because of the he got, he got sacked as president. He arranged this with David Haig. Uh, this is all from his most recent um, broadcast when he was crowing about this deal again. And he uh, part of his crowing about how he's got this deal instead of being president is he says, uh, knowing how unreliable and crafty the Arabs were, I insisted in accordance with English law that they had confirmed hay and lies were authorised. Um, so, so basically, yeah, there's, if you want to listen to 20 minutes of Ken Bates talking about how he put one over on the unreliable, crafty Arabs... Um, he's born then, in the wrong era, was Ken. <laughs> Well, no, yeah. no, oh. no, no, he's still alive in the wrong era. <laughs> we could, yeah, that's more accurate. He goes on to talk about um, GFH buying the club with the borrowed Iranian money. And he goes, imagine they bro- they've broken UN sanctions. This is the guy who took Oldham on a tour of Rhodesia when it was outlawed by the United Nations as an illegal racist state. And also <laughs> tried to annex a, a country and kick all the indigenous people off it at one stage. There wasn't a UN sanction against that. There definitely was against Rhodesia. And you can look up the photographs of him standing next to the outlaw President Ian Smith, uh, Prime Minister Ian Smith. Imagine they broke a fucking... Um, the last thing to say, <laughs> the last thing to say about this is the talk of him meeting Chilino at the Dorchester Hotel to settle this, what he had agreed with Hay that the unreliable, crafty Arabs had refused to honour. I met Chilino at the Dorchester Hotel in London. He walked in, said, you're Ken Bates? Yes. Can I have a drink? So I offered him a glass of Prosecco, which is Italian champagne. He told me, certainly not. I want a double scotch on the rocks. Just, I like how we had to explain there what Prosecco is, because he thinks we're all poor scumbags. And is Italian champagne really? Was, is that really the best description of Prosecco? It's the, it's the equivalent of, isn't it? But champagne can only come from the champagne region. Well, anyway, it's Italian champagne. Uh, he wanted a double scotch on the rocks. I had a bottle of wine, and we got on like a house off. <laughs> Ken Chuck brown bagging yeah. a bottle of wine. Oh, well, we didn't even get a glass, so that's... <laughs> and then at the end of it, and yeah, Selena's like, yeah, you agree, man, it's all fine. So uh, Ken is nominated for having his commentary rights back. Chilino is nominated for 
letting him have his commentary or right backs. I realise he may have been over a barrel. It may have been cheaper than a court case. He may have suspected he was going to lose the court case, which is apparently what um, has been said. But, I mean, Johnny Coconut seems like a very confident guy when it comes to this yacht. And The words honest, I'm taking from that as well are Ken Bates and House on Fire. And I'm getting some ideas. <laughs> Maybe he's getting old. Maybe he left the gas fire on. Forgot all about it. <laughs> Fell asleep in his shell suit. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Sean Harvey, a recurrent um, nominee for the villain of the fall and recent winner, actually. He's um, never far away from far away from Ken. He's he? changed, though, hasn't he, Sean? Now he's not like the old Sean. In what way? <laughs> <laughs> nice guy these days. It's, it's, he's looking after the best interests of football. He's got the what, common... you mean, rather than putting clubs into administration? Yeah, he's, he's left all that behind him. He's like a one of these reformed... He'd go around school saying, hey, look, guys, I used to be uh, in prison, but I've turned my life around. <laughs> well, he's got the, the thoughts of the common fan at heart, when uh, he wouldn't, um, which is why he's nominated uh, for Thinking of Us. Because this week, the Labour Party have announced that if they get elected, they'll uh, work for to have proper support or representation on the boards of football clubs, which is something that the uh, Supports Trust movement has been fighting for for a long time. A lot of people at Supports Directs have been working for it. Could actually happen um, if Labour win the election. Um, however, Sean Harvey isn't so sure that's such a good idea because he doesn't want us to worry our pretty little heads. This is Sean Harvey who said managers manage, players play and supporters support, didn't he? Yes, and now we know uh, exactly why he says um, many of the individuals that choose to invest in football... Oh no, sorry, I've not done the Sean Harvey voice, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Many of the individuals that choose to invest in football do so without expecting any financial return on their investment. As they do are supporters of their club. This is taking us back to the Bates era. It's like he's such a big Leeds fan, he wants no return on his veteran. Instead, they do so for a variety of different reasons. And we have to be careful not to create blah blah blah. blah. Um, he's basically saying that um, as fans, we shouldn't worry our pretty little heads about whether. Uh, um, clubs are making money or not um, improved communications with supporters which I think at this stage just means listening to them mm. um, shouldn't come at the cost of exposing those same supporters to unacceptable levels of financial risk from personal experience and that of club directors that I speak with there is no sure way of jeopardising Saturday afternoon's enjoyment than being responsible for it on a Monday morning. <laughs> so he's basically saying, leave all the worry and the stress of running a football club to directors and administrators who can handle the worry on Monday morning of of actually running it. Funny, isn't it, how all these directors and administrators who fuck their clubs up royally... And they all end up in the hands of supporters' trusts and the like. Yes, I don't think... Portsmouth... Was it Portsmouth have just paid off £7 million worth of debt? Yeah, I think they're probably waking up on Monday mornings thinking, fucking brilliant! Yeah, we've paid all the debt off, the club's in a better state than it has been for years! Quite jealous of Portsmouth. Yeah. Even though the 14th in Division 2. Yeah, but, I mean, they're a smaller club than us, and they've won the FA Cup fairly recently, and they've been through all this shit, and now they own it all. Yeah. 
and it's the and future's in their hands. Kind of still where we were ten years ago. They haven't got some wanker like Sean Harvey just going like, "Oh, you shouldn't. You you don't need to worry about how the football club's being leave run. that. Leave, leave the money to, side. Of leave things it to, to me. us. We'll make sure that your club collapses and tumbles through the divisions and no more goes out of business. You don't even have to. How much money did Sean Harvey earn at Leeds United? Hundred twenty-five grand a year. Was that it? was before but he got you, his pay rise before he left. But you're not taking into account the worry. Well, yeah. That it jeopardised a Saturday afternoon's I'm willing to enjoyment. bet the people running Portsmouth now from the Supporters Trust are not taking 125 grand plus out of the club. To ruin a club as well. And therefore mm-hmm. they'll probably think, well, as we're not taking all this money out, and it's not fucking rocket science, is it, Sean? A lot of what you do, let's face it. Running a, running a loss-making radio station, for example. That sort of thing. A yeah. businessman would say, right, well, we'll just shut that straight away. And I, I mean, I'm not, I've not ever run a business, but, you know... I could have done a better job than Sean Harvey, I'm going to say. Good. But could you have handled the worry? I could. I could, because I worried about it anyway. Except I worried about him and that other fat old bastard taking all the money instead. Well, this is it. When Ken Bates says... Uh, when, when Ken Harvey baits Sean, <laughs> when Sean Harvey says, uh, from personal experience and that of club directors, there's no surer way of jeopardising a Saturday afternoon's enjoyment than being responsible for it on a Monday morning... There is no surer way in my mind of jeopardising a Saturday afternoon's enjoyment than having some like Sean Harvey responsible for it the rest of the time. And having to watch a shit team because he's sold your players so you can pay for Ken Bates to have a plane which brings him to and from games. That spoils my enjoyment of football. (laughs) So that's Sean Harvey. Quite a strong case for Sean. When did he last win it? Was it last time? A couple of weeks ago, I think, yeah. All right. I think more and more you're coming around to my idea. Wouldn't it be better (laughs) if he was in the house, maybe in a chair alongside Ken? They've both been drinking the wine. I think... A cigar drops onto the sofa. I don't think we need to uh, have any more nominees for this. I'm going to... Oh, no, we do, we do. We're not finished. We do, we do. I want up to date, because these are all quite blasts from the past. Darko Milianich. Oh, right. For lying. Nothing more needs to be said. Another liar, Rob Holmes, seller of the square ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll do the walk, I'll do the walk. Get an email Thursday night. Oh. What was his excuse? Oh, I've got to work. Well, weren't you supposed to be at work? Weren't all of you <laughs> yeah, supposed to be at year. work? <laughs> no, I booked holiday. And how, yeah. did you book enough holiday this week for, to take I've into account I've been in my flip-flops erect? wandering about the place. <laughs> in a suit and flip-flops. <laughs> Waddling around like an idiot, having people laughing at me. But right, yeah, Rob Holmes. So he'll be, he'll be selling the magazine on Saturday by the East Stand. So. Well, he says he will. <laughs> he said, well, exactly. Exactly. So if you see him pelting with fruit. As long as he'll probably be doing it as long as he gets a, a lift to exactly the spot. Mm. I was going to just nominate the, the people of Twitter and forums discussing racism today. Oh, God, yeah. It's been awful. Hideous. Yeah. Uh, just to clear up a few a few things, um, is Jerome doing it, uh, I presume Robson and Jerome, uh, is that, <laughs> that's all I can think of. Is he doing it to be famous? He's already famous, isn't yeah, he, Cameron uh, Jerome? He's only doing it to um, raise his profile, or he's doing it because he hates Leeds, because he's from Huddersfield, he's doing it because he's a Man United fan. Belushi can't have said anything racist because he's Italian and he's a bit dark himself. Yeah. Um, he can't have said anything racist because he doesn't speak English, so wouldn't know any offensive words. Mm. What else was there on there? Um, he once bought some reggae reggae sauce. So, like, you I know. Yeah. I, I can't be racist, I've got black friends. Has he had that one? Probably. Yeah, yeah he's probably, he, he's probably well, he shares a bus with uh, Austin and Dakara, doesn't he? So he can't be racist because of that. I mean, mm. at this stage, no one knows even what he's alleged to have said, but the way people have kind of gone about it, oh, the other... The, 
other one we need to cover, of course, is that people call me a fat bastard, a ginger bastard, etc. Isn't that just exactly the same? Mm. No, it isn't. There are <sighs> hundreds of years of history of people being yeah. enslaved, being fat, and not being able to get jobs. <laughs> yeah. So for 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 the record, we are, we're not saying it was done. We fat are just, people to the back of the bus. Yeah. Whether whatever actually happened, the justification for what may have happened is not good, is it? And it's also it's not been, necessary at this point because I knew it was going to be like this as soon as it was said alleged racist incident. Oh God! Nobody is going to wait to find out what's actually happened at the moment. All we know is that Cameron Jerome thinks Giuseppe Belushi has used a racially offensive phrase and directed it at him. So all we have to do now is just stand back and just either did or he didn't. And it doesn't mean that Cameron Jerome is some kind of attention-seeking liar like Milianic, just if he's perhaps it may be a misunderstanding. It could be somebody's heard something in the heat of the moment, something's been said. It's, it's just there's so many different elements. Especially when it's a he said, she said thing. It's two people. One thinks they've heard something, one says they haven't said it. That's yes. all we know. It would be nice if Jerome said, I think he said this, and Belushi went, no, I said this. And he went, oh, so that is what you said. What does that translate as? It translates as, please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, sorry. Yeah, friends not a, again. Not a fuss about nothing. Yeah. Anyway, we're giving this to Sean Harvey, aren't we? Um, not before Neil Warnock has his nomination. Slight twist on it this week for making Henry Winter's life miserable. Neil Warnock's job as Crystal Palace manager is entirely because he wants to be in the papers again. Uh, not enough profile on BT Sport, so a uh, job in the Premier League is what he wants. And poor Henry Winter, Leeds fan, I believe, certainly writes a lot of nice things about Leeds United, has been sent to do an incredibly lengthy profile piece on Neil Warnock, which I'm going to actually just get the word count. You're actually counting them. Yeah, won't be a minute. 4,083 words on Neil Warnock, written by Henry Winter, football correspondent of The Telegraph, which, in the headline, my idol is Brian Clough, clang, but Jose Mourinho, clang, is the next best thing. The whole thing, it begins with Barbara Streisand being played at Crystal Palace training, goes on through Van Morrison uh, making him cry, and then to his early life in Sheffield, where life was very hard. Um, then he talks about how it's best to let grudges and feuds go. He does have a reputation for occasional feuds, says uh, Henry Winter. But Neil says, in life, and um, especially in football, you've just got to let these things go. I think about my idol, Cluffy, and how he regretted not making up with Peter Taylor. And then, um, so he made it up with Mick Jones, his old mate, when they fell out. Then he goes on about all the grudges that he's not let go over the last 40 years in football. Um, yeah, it's astonishing, really. And the reason I'm nominating him because of over and above the normal just Neil Warnock ego massage is because if you read, if you take out all the quotes from Neil Warnock and you just concentrate <laughs> on what Henry written, Henry Winter has actually written in between, I have never read a more bored football writer in my entire life. So here's an example of the effort Henry Winter has put into this, obviously, detail piece within a month warnock returned to selhurst park and that's between two 500 word <laughs> quotes from uh, neil warnock <laughs> and then we scroll down a bit and then, then neil warnock's banging on about um how uh, um the baseball ground was better than the ipro stadium and this is uh yeah it's, it's safety and lovely accommodation it's better for women and kids but we've still got the atmosphere 
especially with Jose Mourinho's table-topping Chelsea visiting. Oh, fans will be rolling their sleeves up. Uh, blah, 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 oh, we should have had a Stonewall penalty that day and Jose knew they got away with murder. More memories. My idol growing up was Cluffy. And it's like, oh, poor Henry. I think he's contributed about 200 grudging words. And I dread to think how long he had to spend with Neil Warnock. Bangers. Stuart Atwell might get another shot of the Premier League. He's a good referee, him. He's got his confidence back. He's a good referee. I'm a referee, me. I'm a qualified referee. My dad was a qualified referee. He was very good. But I'll never forget laughing at uh, Graham Paul laughing. I'll never forget that face. I, didn't sh- I shook his hand by accident. Oh, God almighty. Do you know what? You've put in a bloody good case there for Warnock, but it's still going to Sean Harvey, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's unrelated as well to Leeds United, but it was funny to see Harry Redknapp being upset this week as well. Because of uh, fat tarraps. Being fat, yeah. Nothing at all to do with the fact that his team uh, keep consistently yeah. getting beaten, He's so rubbish. we need somebody to blame. <laughs> Picking up 70 grand a week. Just jealous, Harry. You've had to buy and sell Jermaine Defoe 14 times to earn that kind of money. <laughs> Well done to Sean Harvey for taking home uh, the square ball Ken Bates villain of the fortnight. I wanted Ooh. Rob Holmes to win it. I'm sure you did, but it's it's Harvey, isn't it? Basically, I mean, Rob Holmes and Sean Harvey, there's, One there's and the same. barely a piece of paper between them. Any other business? Issue three of our fanzine comes out on Saturday uh, against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, please do buy one if you're heading down to the match. It's available for £1.50 at the external corners of Ellen Road. I can tell you what's actually in it now because I can get the contents page up. There is stuff about JLS John remembering Rotherham v Leeds in 1956, which is a very good article, very good game. Uh, me writing about Leeds ladies. Um, there is uh, some stuff about Cellino. Steve Firth, um, who's not been heard from in the square ball so far this season because he stopped going. Um, but then he's been lured back um, <sighs> by... But unfortunately, he was lured back to watch Leeds versus Reading. <sighs> Um, JLS John has written an obituary and a tribute to Harold Williams, who is the best winger that John Charles ever played with. So John Charles will, uh, would always tell you. Um, from Because it's our 25th anniversary, the archive articles are continuing, and we've got a match report of Coventry v Leeds from 1992. Um, I've just noticed on uh, the... Uh, the final copy that it says the game was played in 1992-2993 season. <laughs> that's wrong. If you buy the square ball on, on Saturday, please forgive that typo. Um, but that's a significant game. Last game for Chapman until he came back. Last game for Chris White. Uh, last game for Dylan Kerr. Last game for Ray Wallace as well. All the big names. And there's also me on Ken Bates. And when you see the layout for that article... Amo has it's amazing. Not, it's amazing. Amo has not lost all his sense and taste. It's it's amazing. Uh, you'll see. You'll see when you see it. I understand. I've seen it. I understand. It's good. Anyway, that will be on Saturday at Ellen Road on Saturday against Wolves and online via the squareball.net. You can also pick up your subscriptions there, starting at a tenner for the digital one. And that's us done, I believe, for this stint podcast eighty five. Unless anybody has anything else. No, thank you. The hunt for Roddy goes on. You can email podcast at the squareball.net if you spot him, tweet at the squareball or find us on Facebook as well. Uh, bye bye from me and Michael. Goodbye. And Moscow. Goodbye. And from the spirit of Oddy. Goodbye. We'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.